released two albums back in a time in the music industry when artists had space to breathe, to find their legs, perfect their voice, and their sound. But on August 25th, 1975, the scrappy singer-songwriter and live rock and roll preacher and his scrappy band of exceptionally talented misfits known as the E Street Band released one of the greatest rock and roll albums in history, Born to Run. And we're inducting it into the Drive Rock of Fame. Springsteen began work on the album in May of 1974. He was given an enormous budget in a last-ditch effort at a commercially viable record. And Springsteen became bogged down in the recording process while striving for Phil Spector-inspired Wall of Sound production. But fed by the release of an early mix of Born to Run to nearly a dozen radio stations, anticipation built toward the album's release. Springsteen's noted a progression in his songwriting compared to his previous work. Unlike Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey, and The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle, Born to Run includes few specific references to places in New Jersey in an attempt to make the songs a little more identifiable to a wider audience. Springsteen has also referred to a maturation in his lyrics, calling Born to Run, quote, the album where I left behind my adolescent definitions of love and freedom. It was the dividing line. In addition, Springsteen spent more time in the studio refining songs than he had on the previous two albums. All in all, the album took more than 14 months to record with six months alone spent on the song Born to Run. Born was the first song Springsteen wrote specifically with studio production in mind rather than live performance reaction. After recording four versions, one with a female chorus at the low-budget studio where he recorded his first two albums, he moved to a higher-end studio to finish it, refusing to release it until it was just right. Springsteen wrote the lyrics in his Long Branch, New Jersey home in early 1974. Quote, One day I was playing my guitar on the edge of the bed working on some song ideas, and the words Born to Run came to me. He said, At first I thought it was the name of a movie or something I'd seen on a car spinning around the circuit. I liked the phrase because it suggested a cinematic drama that I thought would work with the music that I'd been hearing in my head. Of the many high points on the album, that title track arguably stands above them all. An anthem of youthful angst, the promise of love, the lure of open road freedom, and the power of dreams. Incidentally, one of Springsteen's most emotional performances of the song came at the Spectrum in Philadelphia on December 9th, 1980, the night after John Lennon was killed. Springsteen opened the show by saying, if it wasn't for John Lennon, a lot of us would be someplace much different tonight. It's a hard world that asks you to live with a lot of things that are unlivable. And it's hard to come out here and play tonight, but there's nothing else to do. The band then launched into Born to Run in a kind of catharsis. Stevie Van Zandt had tears in his eyes, and Danny Federici hit his keyboard so hard that he broke a key. 33 songs later, Springsteen closed the concert with Twist and Shout, in tribute to Lennon. From the album Born to Run, other song highlights, Jungle Land, the final track on the album. Springsteen and the E Street Band performed this live for over a year before they recorded it. It developed into a longer song with a grand sax solo when it was finally released. The song was a huge influence on Bob Seger, who completed his song Night Moves after hearing Jungle Land. Seger had two verses of the song written, but struggled to finish it until he heard Jungle Land and realized he could stretch out the song and explore different dynamics. Melissa Etheridge told Rolling Stone, quote, When Bruce Springsteen does those wordless wails, like at the end of Jungle Land, that's the definition of rock and roll to me. He uses his whole body when he sings, and he puts out this enormous amount of force and emotion and passion. 10th Avenue Freeze Out tells the story of the E Street Band coming together. On Springsteen's first album in 1973, he didn't use a lot of backup musicians. But on his next one, the E Street Band was crucial to the sound. Later on, Springsteen released the albums Nebraska and The Ghost of Tom Joad without the band, but they didn't sell nearly as well as the ones the band played on. 
10th Avenue runs through E Street in Belmar, New Jersey. The band got its name from the street, which is where they all used to rehearse. Springsteen, however, has said that he has no idea what a 10th Avenue freeze-out is. Thunder Road. Springsteen considered this track to be the invitation to the album, with the opening notes being the welcome. Something is opening up, Springsteen said during his 2005 Storyteller's appearance. He said, quote, What I hoped it would be was this sense of a larger life, greater experience, sense of fun, the sense that your personal exploration and possibilities were all lying somewhere inside of you. Springsteen took the title from a 1958 Robert Mitchum movie, and the vocal sound was inspired by Roy Orbison. Springsteen pays homage to him with the line, The radio plays Roy Orbison singing for the lonely, a reference to Orbison's 1960 hit, Only the Lonely. The name of the girl mentioned at the beginning was changed several times. It had been Angelina and Chrissy before Springsteen settled on Mary's dress waves. Backstreets. This is an intense story about a broken relationship, a tale of losing a lover, where the narrator seems more concerned about losing her as a friend. The girl in the song, Terry, is a character Springsteen created based on girls he knew, as he has done with girls in his other songs like Mary, Wendy, Sandy, and Rosie. Asked where this song came from in a 2016 Rolling Stone interview, Springsteen said, quote, Just youth, the beach, the night, friendships. The feeling of being an outcast and kind of living far away from things in this little outpost in New Jersey. It's also about a place of personal refuge. It wasn't a specific relationship or anything that brought the song into being. While recording all of these tracks, Springsteen battled with anger and frustration over the album, saying he heard sounds in his head that he couldn't explain to the others in the studio. During the process, Springsteen brought in John Landau, also known for his work with the MC5 and Jackson Brown, among many others, to help with the production. This was the beginning of the end of Springsteen's relationship with producer and manager Mike Apple, after which Landau assumed both roles. The album was Springsteen's first to feature keyboardist Roy Bitten and drummer Max Weinberg, although David Sanctious and Ernest Boom Carter played the piano and drums respectively on the title track, which was finished in August of 1974, before those two left the band. The album is noted for its use of introductions to set the tone of each song. All of the record was actually composed on piano, not guitar. And for the aforementioned Phil Spector-like wall of sound arrangements and production. Indeed, Springsteen has said that he wanted Born to Run to sound like Roy Orbison singing Bob Dylan, as produced by Phil Spector. Most of the tracks were recorded first with a core rhythm section band comprising Springsteen, Weinberg, Bitten, and bassist Gary Talent, with other members' contributions then added later. In terms of the original LP sequencing, Springsteen eventually adopted a four-corners approach, as the songs beginning each side, Thunder Road and Born to Run, were uplifting odes to escape, while the songs ending each side, Backstreets and Jungle Land, were sad epics of loss, betrayal, and defeat. Originally, he'd planned to begin and end the album with alternative versions of Thunder Road. After rejecting earlier title ideas, including War and Roses, The Hungry and the Hunted, American Summer, and Sometimes at Night, Born to Run's release was accompanied by a $250,000 promotional campaign by Columbia, directed at both consumers and the music industry, making good use of the quote Landau wrote as a critic after he saw Springsteen live for the first time. Quote, I saw rock and roll's future, and its name is Bruce Springsteen. 
With much publicity, Born to Run vaulted into the top 10 in its second week on the charts and soon went gold. Time and Newsweek magazines put Springsteen on the cover in the same week in October of 1975. In Time, Jay Cox praised Springsteen, while the Newsweek article took a cynical look at the next Dylan hype that haunted Springsteen until his breakthrough. The question of hype became a story in itself, as critics began wondering if Springsteen was for real or the product of record company promotion. Upset with Columbia's promotion department, Springsteen said the decision to label him as, quote, the future of rock was a very big mistake, and I would like to strangle the guy who thought that up. When Springsteen arrived for his first U.K. concert at the Hammersmith Odeon, he personally tore down the, quote, finally the world is ready for Bruce Springsteen posters in the lobby and ordered that the buttons with, quote, I have seen the future of rock and roll at the Hammersmith Odeon printed on them not be given out. Now fearing the hype might backfire, Columbia suspended all press interviews with Springsteen, and when the hype died down, sales tapered off, and the album was off the chart for 29 weeks. However, it had established a solid national fan base for Springsteen, which he would build on with each subsequent release. Born to Run received highly positive reviews from critics. In a rave review for Rolling Stone magazine, Greil Marcus wrote that Springsteen enhances romanticized American themes with his majestic sound, ideal style of rock and roll, evocative lyrics, and an impassioned delivery that defines what is a magnificent album quote it's the drama that counts the stories springsteen is telling are nothing new though no one has ever told them better or made them matter more born to run was bruce springsteen's conscious effort to break into the mainstream and he succeeded in spades launching him to superstardom that continues today as springsteen now firmly occupies the status of rock and roll statesman the album was a commercial success peaking at number three on the billboard 200 and eventually selling six million copies in the u.s alone Two singles were released from the album, Born to Run and 10th Avenue Freeze Out, the first helping Springsteen to reach mainstream popularity. The tracks Thunder Road, She's the One, and Jungle Land have since become rock staples and Springsteen concert highlights. Born to Run is now considered by critics to be one of the greatest albums of all time and is listed in the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry of Historic Recordings. And now... As if those accolades weren't plenty enough, Springsteen can now add Drive Rock of Fame inductee to his resume as we induct his masterpiece Born to Run on the 45th anniversary of its release. I'm Kelly Parker.